Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Okay, so talking about the materials, you were just finishing when we got interrupted by wonderful Zoom. You were talking about the use of microprime as well as right, right. As cleanser beneath the prep. Uh, if you go back in history, uh, behind me are a lot of books. You probably can't see them in the, in the background. And um, uh, some of them are G.V. Black's books, literally. Uh, if you go back that far or even further, that's early 1900s. But if you want to go back to W.D. Miller in about 1880, he was stating, as Black was, we have to kill the organisms. Mm-hmm. Sometime about 1970, some odd, American dentists decided that was not necessary. When I was in dental school, I had to disinfect preps. We disinfected them with stuff I wouldn't today, thymol, uh, moncels. Uh, I don't even know the names of the things anymore but we, we were required to disinfect the prep. But in the 70s, that went away. Just hose it out with water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bugs love a good drink and just keep reproducing. So um, basically, uh, Rella, my wife, has been investigating the, the organism it carries. We, she has now identified, now this will astound you if you haven't heard me say this before, uh, you probably learned, I, I learned in school, maybe a half a dozen organisms, you know, strep, strep mutans, strep yep. salus, actinomyces, uh, just a few. She's identified nearly 150 organisms in dental carriers. You have excellent job security. Excellent. <laughs> it ain't, dental carriers is not going away. Oh, no. whole com- no. The whole company set up to test strep mutans. Strep mutans isn't even in 40% of the lesions. I mean, I mean that's 1882 research, W.D. Mm-hmm. Miller. So uh, when you put those two one-minute applications of glutaraldehyde on there, you kill all the bugs. She's gone down to looking at one bug down, down the, with electron microscopy. Uh, and uh, what does that do? Well, if there are no bugs there, you're not going to have the, the pH changes. And guess what? 
let's put over the top of that one of the new glass ionomers that totally see literally seals the prep. Only only material will do it. And what have you got? We may have for the first time a disinfecting uh, material. And this new material coming out that I told you from Israel, I won't go into detail on that because we haven't tested it yet, but it looks extremely promising if that uh, benzoconium doesn't come out of there and disinfect. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. Now, as far as equipment and so forth, uh, our last report, uh, the initial draft of it was written by Carol Summerhays, the past president of the ADA, wonderful lady. And it, it's emphasizing <laughs> the majority of dentists in school now, dental students are women, they're over 50% now. And um, the chairs operating, the chairs operator, the hand instruments with, without a long enough shank for a good lemur arm. There's so many things that don't fit women. And I'm sure you got half of your clients listening to this that are women right now. Right, and yeah. The, the, the whole thing has been male dominant to the point where that is a very significant change in equipment. Very That's fantastic. Let me ask uh, you. Go, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. You, you okay. No, great stuff. Um, what? Let me ask you a question as it relates, because this our, our our audience is mostly your fee for service dentists, right? Who yeah, are yeah, right. not yeah. extinct, like people think. Um, no. So, what what do you see as a uh, as like a critical component for a, a fee for service practice for survival and for thriving? Quite honestly, what do you think? Uh, you, you may know uh, a man in uh, Southern Florida, uh, uh, Greg Winteregg. Uh -huh. uh, you, you may know him. He, he started a private practice organization. And I've spoken for him a couple of times. And that, that's a topic that always comes up. What does a patient get if they go to a private practice dentist? Uh, I don't... Uh, since most of your clients are private practice, they pretty well know, but patients don't know. So Greg's mantra is to identify and then publish in particularly women's magazines, ARP, uh, you know, the various communicative tools, uh, the advantages of private practice. And uh, I, I have a lot of things that I can list there among them. Public relations, oh my goodness. Uh, these are things like uh, dentist contact with, uh, with the patient, uh, staff contact with the patient, moderate fees, not exorbitant fees, competent, happy, smiling staff. Mm -hmm. The, the dentist, mm -hmm. and you, you know this next thing I'm gonna say, uh, it's been found that the most the most influential public relations tool is calling the patient the day of or the day after the treatment. That, 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 that's just amazing to me that that simple thing, either the dentist or the dental assistant or hygienist calling and saying, well, how do you feel today? Has that little discomfort gone away? And they just do an over, you know. Uh, yep. Personal touch. Oh. The, mm -hmm. the public relations is just uh, critical when they go in. 
I'm not negative about the corporate because the young dentist has nowhere to go right now unless they find an old guy, go kick him in the belly and he dies. You know, uh, you don't have anywhere to go. You know, not even 1% can go out and start their own private practice. So uh, I have two, not my grandsons, my brother's grandsons who are young dentists, both went into corporate. They lasted a short time, and, and that, that is well proven now. They don't last much more than a year and a half maximum. And they get uh, some skills, a little speed. They find an old guy or middle-aged guy who wants to not work so much, and they go in with that person and become a private practice person. So I, I'm not condemning corporate, I'm saying well, most young dentists have to go there or the military and for a while. And so uh, they become accustomed to not seeing the same patient every time, not being able to, uh, in some of the corporates, not being able to uh, identify the best product. They often will have, well, they'll have decent products, but not necessarily premium ones. Uh, so they soon learn that private practice might be better. But then let's go back to corporate for a minute. There are some middle-aged dentists who hate, not some, quite a few, who hate the paperwork, the hiring, the firing, the malpractice, and all the stuff that goes with private practice. But um, the, the personal interest in the patients, the, uh, the, the ability to call them almost family. You know, you see mm -hmm. the patients, see the patients more, on a routine basis, more than you see most of your relatives. You really it's a relationship. Yeah, it's relationship-based dentistry. Oh, and then seeing the same person every time you come in, and uh, and the, the dentist asking, "Well, how's your golf game going? Are you uh, you gotten over the, the the health problem you had? You know, it, it's personal stuff, mm -hmm. and then uh, consistently backing up what you do." The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. You know, in some of the corporates, there's some good corporates, but in some of the corporates, uh, let's say I place a restoration and it fails, some other dude's going to place it, replace it, you know. But having uh, the continuity of mm -hmm. trust mm -hmm. is so critical. Uh, I think uh, we need to get more information in the lay publications about mm -hmm. the value of private. They're seeing it in other parts of medicine. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you, you go to a physician, and he says, well, I don't know that. You go down the street, and then you go down to this other guy and that other guy. Four or five guys later, you might have the answer to what you're doing. You know, I'm going to ask Melinda if she can send us the contact information for Dr. Winter Greg, so we can put that in the show uh, notes. I, I uh, and Melinda, I know Tony can. Uh, would you, Tony? Tony's yeah. a lady. Yeah, yeah, we'll put it right in the show. Know I was doing something else, so you need to let me know what I need to send you. Well, just just a minute. Let me pull it up on Dr. the phone. Dr. C keeps I've... us busy, so, you know, multitasking. Uh, let's see if I can find it. It'll just take a second. <clears throat> okay. 
the uh, telephone, 727-560-3588. I'll repeat it, 727-560-3588. The... Uh, uh, His assistant have... is Lyle Rollins, and she... I'm sorry? Uh, then, then uh, 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 these are these are his private. Uh, this is his private. Uh, um, well, Winter Egg, W I N T E R E G G at a o l dot com. Winter Egg, one long word, at a o l dot com. That's about all go. I have. On. Well, that's good contact information, and you can tell his age because he's AOL. Right. So AOL was one of the first people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how that's I know my friends. Way. My friends have AOL. I'm like, okay, you're mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Good, so good, good. let's continue. So what would you say, keeping on this vein, because you're talking about some, what would you tell a younger dentist, five, 10 years in practice? What would your advice be? <laughs> okay. Several things. I've practiced a long time. I got out of school in 1959. My first speaking event was 1959. I'm now 4,000 some odd later. Keep up, keep up on everything happening in the profession. I consider all of dentistry a, a uh, let's say, let, let's just call it a specialty of medicine. And it is in most, not most, many countries. When I go to Oh, where? Uh, Spain, Italy, Austria, they, they, they almost all have an MD degree. Some have a dental degree. But uh, if they have an MD degree, they have to have a residency after the MD to become a dentist. And, and dentistry is the most highly respected of all specialties of dentistry in those countries. I want you to think about that for a minute. Uh, one of my hosts a few years ago, where the heck was it? Spain. Uh, it, it was a guy, and he had some years on him. And I said, uh, how long have you been a dentist? I don't know how I brought that up. And he said, I think he said five years. And I thought, boy, he must be retarded or something. If he's this old and he's just now five years. Uh, and, and I said, well, what'd you do before that? Thinking it would be a basic scientist or something. I was OBGYN. Is that interesting? In other words, he, he vacillated from that to dentistry. Um, bottom line is uh, keep up, keep up. Uh, dental school is, I'll, I'll say it, I've been everything from an instructor to a dean. Dental school is kindergarten. Uh, you, you have an introduction to dentistry. Then you figure out what do you like? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm what you call a surgical prosthodontist because I like both. Uh, in all specialties of medicine, including ours, we're the biggest specialty in medicine, if you don't know that. Uh, in all specialties, you have people who hate blood and you have people who bathe in it practically. Uh, our two sons, both dentists, one hates blood. Won't, won't do anything surgical. The other one will do everything from brain surgery to circumcision. You know, it's, it's just a, it's a general dentist. You know, God bless amazing. him. <laughs> he's, he's up in Northern Canada by the Arctic Circle. They drag bodies up on his porch in the middle of the winter and say, Mike, identify this guy. 
you know, he does some forensic and all kinds of things. The other guy does uh, just your story. Yeah. yeah. Pretty interesting. So figure out what you like. Don't mm -hmm. try to do stuff you don't like. There are other dentists who will do that. And if they're really hard, hard stuff, then refer them. That's what that's all about. Right. You know, a, a guy who shoots basketball every night's likely to hit the basketball hoop. The guy who does it once a year, he can't even find the court. Uh, so uh, the bottom line is figure out what you like and keep doing what you like. I like how you worked in the basketball thing. I like how you did that. That was nice. <laughs> nice touch. Then, then make it your passion. If you don't like it, go into selling cars or something else. Uh, uh, if, make if it your passion. Oh, yeah. If dentistry turns you off, don't play with it. Uh, fortunately, most dentists love what they do. Yeah, but that's... some don't. And all they do is drag down the rest of us. So, uh, Find something else. You can work for a company, dental company. You can teach in a school. Right. Uh, you can do, you can do research. Yeah. You can go public health. There's so many things to do in dentistry if you don't like the clinical and all the spit mm -hmm. and all the whatever. <laughs> okay, so we got. I think we got you for 15 more minutes. I just want to hit. There's two more questions I want to hit. Okay. There's one more. Okay. Good. Good. Um, uh, what advice would you give someone in their 30s, 40s, or 50s, thank you very much, uh, that your younger self would have appreciated, right? So looking back, like what kind of things do you think okay. at those ages, geez, I wish somebody had, you know, I, I, you know, I wish I, what, what kind of advice would you give to those folks? Find mentors for mm -hmm. yourself. Let's say you don't know how to do implant surgery. Right. Okay. Uh, you would be amazed if you go to an oral surgeon and you say, I would like to do some implants. And you're, you're probably thinking, well, he do not want to tell you that that uh, divides his marketplace up. But on the contrary, most of them are flattered when you do that. Uh, and you find a good mentor and you learn, well, I can do a single one. By the way, we have four levels of implant courses in our series. The first one is single implants, healthy people, good bone, and small diameter implants, which are a godsend. But the second one is uh, basically multiples and sinus lift. The third one is how to restore everything. And the fourth one is what to do when they start to fail, which 45% are by nine years. That's a bad statement, but true. So find a good mentor. Uh, by the way, how do you find out about our courses? Here comes another website for you. Are you ready? P like Paul, C like Charlie. Now I'm going to go P and two C's, PCC, PCC dental.com. That's pretty easy. PCC dental.com. The 15 courses there. And uh, I teach, I don't know, I probably teach half of them. And the rest are taught by people I've handpicked, like uh, Carl Kerner in oral surgery, or uh, Cliff Ruddle in endo, John West in endo. Uh, we've got uh, Sleep Authority. You name it, we've got it. If you went through 15 courses, which would be 30 days, 30 days, two-day courses, hands-on, you would have more, this is a very egotistical statement, but I could prove it, than you got in dental school. So in 30 days, 
take take a look at that. Keep up in everything. I, I want to know uh, well how are robots doing? We had a robot demo here just a while ago, and uh, they're coming. But uh, I played a little bit with it myself. The guy had it in a trailer. It's a major company, and I I, I do a lot of implants and I. I ask him, okay, let's say I've got a central incisor and a canine and there are, there's five millimeters between them and I want to put an implant in there. What's the uh, critical uh, distance that this might be off? You don't want to hear it, so I won't <laughs> tell you, but I would be right into the tooth half the time. So, uh, now I know I'm not going to play with them just yet. But minutes before this program, I was on with with a person working with us, a University of Utah professor, and uh, he's doing a, a paper for us on uh, on 3D printing. And I said, um, "Why don't you go to Glidewell? Uh, uh, Glidewell's got at least 20 of those in a one room, and we can compare all 20 of them." at once. Uh, and now if I ask a grouper, then I say I got 300 in a group and I say, who's got a printer? Most of the hands will go up. But they're thinking about this. Yeah, they're right. Not, they're not thinking about the a 3D print. printer. Yeah. <laughs> they're thinking about a 2D printer. Mm -hmm. So uh, what do you want to know about, about printers? Most dentists don't use a printer now, but I'll give you five years. Half of you will be using a printer, a 3D right. printer. Yeah. So uh, stay up with it. We found in CR long ago that we don't want to get too far ahead of where the general dentist is. When cone beam came out, I've had cone beam 21 years now. And when it first came out, I couldn't have been more excited on anything. I thought this is an unbelievable trinket. And subsequently, we've had half a dozen different models. And it is, it's one of those mandatory uh, devices if you're doing any complex dentistry at all. And um, we started talking about it 21 years ago. Guess what? Nobody wanted to listen. It was $150,000, $120,000. And I already got my panoramic and my bite wing, and some of them had 25% of them still had analog. So uh, I'm okay. I don't need that thing. Now, uh, give it 10 years. Now they're interested. Give it 20 mm -hmm. years. We still don't have many in dentistry. Only 10% of that phone thing right now. Mm -hmm. You see, there's a time to be too soon. Let's say you do no endo. Mm -hmm. And you do no surgery, dental, uh, no uh, impactions, and you do no implants. You don't need a cone beam at this point. But those three, you don't have a cone beam. You're going to get sued by somebody. You know why so, we got? You know why we bought our our, our CTs? <laughs> because I took your course, and you were oh. saying, <laughs> "This is a shameless plug." I took your course, yeah. and you were like, "Listen, it's there. The price is more competitive and reasonable." And yeah, exactly yeah. like you said, if you're doing implants, if you're doing endo, if you're doing this, you have to have it. And we were doing that. So we we have it in our office. And how, so. how have you liked it? Oh, you can't live without it. I mean, we, we have five offices, and I'll give you an example, five. And we put it in four uh -huh. because 
one, we weren't ready to do that. And whenever sure. we were in that office, we were lost. We, we were like, uh, oh, like, you know, I agree looking, with you. looking like, where is it? Oh, I got an endo. I, I, you know, you, it becomes a standard of care is what it does. And I think, oh, that's what you're no question. Yeah. I've had comb beam now, as I said, 21 years. Yeah. But before then, I've been practicing triple that, so just about. Mm -hmm. And uh, before, I had no comb beam. I've been doing implants 38 years. Mm -hmm. And I look back and think, I could have killed somebody. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you had no idea where yeah. you were going. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, comb beam is essential. We did a study on 47 technologies and only 12 of them turned out to be what I call mandatory technologies. Mm -hmm. Now, as an example, Cerex, wonderful. The Cerex not mandatory. You already got half a dozen other ways to do that, see? But mm -hmm. when it, when there's nothing that will replace it, what replaces cone beam? Nothing. So that's a mandatory technology. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you also said, and I'll never forget this as long as I live, and I, I live and die by this, is... <laughs> a good product that's a no-brainer, you might use a different term, is something that's yeah. faster, cheaper, and less expensive. Be yeah. Faster, easier, better, and cheaper. Yeah, and better. less expensive. The, less that's expensive. the mantra. We use that mantra when the companies come in. We'll have right. six or seven companies come in in an afternoon, half hour each. They bring their new product. And I almost have a sixth sense, as some of our staff do also. You look at it and you think, what's he thinking? That ain't gonna work. And then others come in, wow! We saw one in an example just a few weeks ago. You know how hygienists are always bumbling, trying to hold the sucker and the picker and the various things. A guy right here in Utah had developed a device, you plastered it on the back of the chair. Well, yeah. it had a suction cup, suck. Yeah. And then it had an arm and it came right out with a high velocity sucker right where that person was picking. And I thought, wow! That's going to make it, and it will, yeah. <laughs> I still do that. When I get the call, I say, okay, that's that's my that's my three things. What are you doing? Okay. And, and I remember you talking about it when the composite bonding went from sixth generation, seventh generation. Yeah. So it's one bottles, two bottles, three bottles, oh. four bottles, three minutes versus 30 seconds. Yeah, and yeah. the plasma arc curing light when you were talking oh. about the difference in time. I mean, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. That, Game that changers plasma for me. arc still works, too. Yes. Still got them. We're using courses. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what areas of dentistry? And I this I came home from your course live. Um, that really was a game changer for me, especially recently, was about the fact that how much radiation, the X-ray, the digital X-rays, actually misses real decay. I think you said oh, was oh, over wow over fifty percent, right? So uh, yeah, yeah. The the the. Uh, <laughs> I've been on that topic over 40 years, Sonny, right. and, and uh, we're going clear back into analog. Analog was better. There's no question analog was significantly better. And, and why was analog better? As soon as we went digital, whether you were CMOS or CCD or uh, the, the plasma, uh, pardon me, what I'm trying to say, lots uh, uh, of plate, whether you yeah. had any one of those three, Analog was still slightly better. Mm -hmm. uh, CCD's gone. Uh, CMOS is still here. Mm -hmm. We had a very interesting uh, one of our manufacturer visits a while ago. In fact, it's in the CR report this month. 
uh, and I'll give you the name of the thing. Uh, it'll, it, it is a company, a new company just starting. It's called Aurora. And uh, they have uh, the sodium dental, has nothing to do with sodium. Aurora sodium dental. And so what? I don't care what brand of CMOS sensor you buy for $5,000 to $12,000, they all have the same sensor, the CMOS sensor. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a given thickness and it's a, it breaks easily. You know all the problems with dumb things. This guy who started that company had been a, uh, a sensor repairman, the right. Aurora company. And uh, so uh, he claimed, he had, uh, I have no reason to doubt him, that he had uh, repaired uh, over a thousand uh, sensors. Mm -hmm. And um, okay, so what can we do? Or I asked him, what can we do? to uh, make the CMOS sensor better? Well, that wasn't the first question. I said, um, uh, when are we gonna have something to replace the CMOS sensor that will take us at least back to where analog was? And he said, at least five years. So I said, okay, if we got five years to fiddle around with the CMOS still, what can we do to, uh, to enhance the CMOS? And there wasn't much, so what has he done? He's made that sent his sensors thinner and he's guaranteed it. Doesn't matter how you break the dumb thing. It's a fairly high price, about nine grand, but uh, they will replace it. You know, most of the time you break a sensor, you got a, the, you only get a year and a half out of them mm -hmm. and they repair it. And it's never as good when it's repaired. I guarantee you the image is worse. Mm -hmm. So then you got another year and a half and another thousand dollars. So uh, uh, those sensors show about one third to one half of the carious lesion. That's it. Yeah, think of that. Think, I mean, as a dentist, think of that. You take the yeah. x-rays because you need the x-rays. One third means you're missing two thirds of the decay. Yep, 50% yep, means you're still missing half. You're still missing half. So, some dentists will say, well, so what? Well, so what? You make a bigger hole. You cut the tooth in half, yeah. you, you lose 40% of its strength. You use more material. And these dang composites are running 40 to $60 per cc now. Uh, you got a, instead of 20 minute class two, you got a 40 minute class two. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not just, you can't find the decay. It's all the implications subsequently for the patient for you and for the longevity of the restoration. Yeah. yeah, you had suggested when I was at, you talked about either the you know, transillumination, the care review, the microlux, yeah, yeah. you had a, you had a list of things and it was in yeah. the clinician's report and I, I live and die by it. I think it's the greatest thing since, another great thing since life, bread, but it's been very, very helpful. Thank you, thank you. Um, so let's, let's um, I don't wanna keep you any longer. I know you've got something to do, but I do wanna ask my one last question, my favorite okay. question, go, nothing go to it. do with dentistry and a man of your vast interests. And by the way, I love the, 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 the pictures you put up of yourself on the, on the motorcycles and, <laughs> and the hot rod cars and cruising through that beautiful country. Uh, oh, it, yeah. It's, it's any, anybody who hasn't taken a course, you have to go to Provo and take a course, okay? We hope they'll come. Um, if you could go back anytime, any place, where would you go? 
you mean you're talking geographically or just the place and time? Place place and time. Like you go back to 1950 and okay. you know wherever. Uh, as old as I am, <laughs> I have nothing that they can find wrong with me. Raul and I go to Mayo at least when COVID's not here once a year and get an executive health exam. Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be three days. They kick me out in two days because they can't find anything. I would stay right where I am. I now know enough to know I don't know much of anything. I now have the hands still work, the eyeballs still work. Uh, I, money is not an object at all at this point. Uh, the kids are relatively stable on their own. The grandkids and grain grandkids are coming along and thank goodness we only see them once in a while and then they go home. So uh, <laughs> the, bot the bottom line is I couldn't be happier than right now. That's where I am. Do you, mind me, do, you mind me, years. do you mind me asking how old you are? Uh, 84. 84 years old, people. 84. <laughs> and 61 I, I'm telling years, you. 61 yeah. years of practice. But you have more energy and more passion in, in, your, <laughs> in your pinky than I've seen dentists in their, their 30s. You know, like, I, I think to me, the, the message to take home is, like you said, right? Keep up passion and and you you live it in spades. And I'm just I'm proud to you know as a I think you're a mentor of mine, but you're definitely a teacher of mine that I've taken. Thank you, thank you. Everything you've done has been and it's always been legit, right? Because it's nonprofit, because it doesn't it doesn't overweigh things, and because you value the actual dentist as input people, right? Wow, and, do we ever. And, I, and I that's... got a story on that if you got another minute. No, I got uh, plenty of time. Keep going. Years ago, well, International Association of Dental Research, many practitioners don't know what I'm talking about, but it is the research organization internationally. And I've been active in it now for all of those 61 years. And um, I was, for, when I was an academic, I would deliver two or three papers there, abstracts every year. And uh, when we started CRA, uh, my mantra changed. Uh, as an academic, you're usually uh, encouraged to have one guy do the study. And that one guy, his or her hands, is all you know about. And I thought, well, there are good days. There are bad days and good days. I have A days. I have B days when I think, what am I doing? And everybody does. So I thought, why don't we have more dentists? So uh, one of the studies we had, uh, this is way back, we mm -hmm. had 108 dentists in it. And we had, and I would never identify them, we had real competent ones and we had not so competent ones. And what it did was show that we have to be somewhere toward the bottom of that scale to make a product work over the long term. If it's just the top guy that can do that procedure, whatever it is, it's a useless procedure. Oh, I was machine gunned at IADR. I was literally machine gunned. You can't do that. That's not controlled. Well, it's not controlled. In fact, I get that right now. Uh, uh, you don't have any peer reviewers and I just grin and say, well, you got three. We have 100,000 peer reviewers who read our report. 
if I say something wrong, I'm going to be in jail. Is 100,000 enough for you? But the bottom line is, <laughs> the bottom line is very clear. We have to aim these projects at uh, the rank and file. Uh, the 97% right. of dentists, not the stud and not the real, the, the guy that shouldn't be a dentist. But uh, if we aim at the 97%, most of the courses you get so, somewhere are for the boutiques, the, top, the yeah. top level. And you think, I can't apply that. It mm -hmm. doesn't work for me. So what am I saying? That was then condemned. Now, even ADAs picked up the phrase practice-based research. Yeah. Somehow that's yeah. supposed to be new. We started it 47 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Welcome to the party, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, we're happy to have him. Well, I can't thank you enough. Hopefully our listeners will gain some great stuff. I appreciate, and Melinda's going to pass on some information that we're going to put on the links. Okay, and, I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. Uh, I can't wait to get out there. And well, last time I got out there, thank you. March, but you know, this time it looks like it's going to be August. And uh, so August is beautiful. You got the mountains all covered with orange and yellow and green, and maybe even a little snow. Beautiful it's, country uh, out there. Great. Oh, yeah. Well, thank so appreciate you. Congratulations. To Th thanks for all you do for us. Uh, let me thank just you. tell you, thank as someone you. in the trenches, thank you. I sincerely appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Melinda. Peace out. Melinda, okay. thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the fee-for-service dentist podcast. If you would like to share your fee-for-service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.